It is 1.40 on April 29th, a Thursday. This is Riding Walks, and I'm your guide, Alex Hietzelander. I'm back again at the Laguna de Santa Rosa. It's a windy day this week. It's actually been pretty windy all week, and... I originally wanted to go back to Crane Creek and sit on a bench and talk for a while there, but I knew with how strong the winds were when I was there earlier this week, it wasn't going to come out. There's plenty of wind, as I said, today, and I can hear it, and you can probably hear it on the recording now, but hopefully it won't mess up too much with my voice. What's been going on? Um... Sonoma County and the state of California has officially declared that Sonoma County and Mendocino County, which is the county north of us, are officially in a drought. So that's fun. Uh, Rainfall levels are like below half of what they should be, like 40%. And we have conditions right now that was what we should be having in like July, August. So that means it's going to be a very hot summer. It means we'll probably have to have water cutting and all that fun stuff see how that goes and it also portends to a really uncool fire season once again for the fifth year in a row but let's not talk about that let's talk about what we're going to talk about today with writing two topics we're going to cover today are how i write a podcast me personally And then we're going to talk about good and bad days in writing and how you kind of deal with those. So before I get started, I have a couple caveats about how I write podcasts. First is that one of the reasons I got into podcasting as I was trying to do the traditional publishing route and going through lots of people and not really getting anywhere is that I could tell right away that with podcasting, you don't really have anyone telling you what to do. There are some levels of gatekeeping as you get further along, but relatively it's minor stuff and no one's telling you, you have to write it this way, you have to produce it this way, it has to sound this way, and this is the story you have to tell. There's really no limitations other than your listeners and again that can depend on if you want to just have a few people listening to your show if you want to have lots of people listening to your show and if you want to be making some serious money out of it so those are kind of the various levels but if you just want to make a show for fun and have a few people listen there's no one telling you how to do that so i definitely found that exciting with podcasting as i first got into it And the other caveat is I came into podcasting not as a TV or screenwriter, but as a regular writer, narrative fiction writer, doing books and short stories. And a lot of people do script format for scripts. I mean, they call them scripts for the episodes, too. And I've never done it that way, actually, kind of until... This latest season of Ostia, Ostian season six, which I'm doing now. So that's my other little caveat. 
So I approach writing a podcast a lot like writing a book. Uh, I outline episodes to some degree, but I want to more have an idea of what the whole season looks like. And with Ostium, it's something that as I've done more seasons and grown the world and world built more, I've developed more and more structure around everything. So I'll usually start off with maybe a paragraph or two, maybe less, of what that episode is going to be about. And then have that pretty much for most episodes throughout the season. And I've so far I've been setting by one thing I guess I could say I stick to kind of with screenwriting is that I set my limit of for Ostium with 10 episodes um, per season. However, as you may know, if you listen to Ostium for season five, there was way more episodes than that. And that's because it was a little different being a crossover season, crossing over with other shows, and also the episodes were significantly shorter. Hi, Cal. So season five is the anomaly. But for all the other seasons, that's been my limit of I'm going to do a 10-episode season. I'm going to stick to it that way. Each season's going to be 10 episodes. Um, and I, like I said, that's I kind of feel sticks a little more to the screenwriter style of layout. Um, one thing I have also developed as I've been writing and seeing, again, to kind of emulate TV shows and movies, and I feel the other podcasts do, is having a mid-season kind of almost cliffhanger, something big happening, and then taking a little break. I don't necessarily always take a little break in the mid-season, but at the end of episode five, I want something kind of biggish to happen. And I feel this is something I didn't necessarily do for season one, though as I recall, I think episode five of season one is when we first get to meet Monica, which is kind of a big deal for the first time. But definitely in future seasons, I kind of wanted to make that mid-season and um, end of that episode kind of be a big deal and then of course with the end of the season with the 10th episode of the season make that be an even bigger not always necessarily a cliffhanger but a big moment in the show so that's kind of where i have stuck a little to the screenwriter format but actually writing with the episodes i've pretty much made it a narrative format of just like writing a short story or a chapter of a novel. That's really, in my mind, how I equate a lot of um, shows with each season. I equate them as chapters of a part of a book. So in my mind, Ostium is this big, giant, long book I'm writing, and each season is one part of that book, and then each episode is a chapter in that book. When I'm writing it, I just do it straightforward. Because the show started off very narrative-based, usually just one person talking, it felt a lot like writing a chapter or a short story, where I didn't have to identify who was talking necessarily and just, you know, write it out as I felt it, like the character talking. Um, but it was when I had to have more than one character and have them start to interact with dialogue scenes, that's when I needed to start putting in character names so that we knew who was talking for me as a writer and then also we came to recording to make it easier on the people recording 
I even at one point, um, I think it was all three of us with Jake, Monica, and Dave slash Steve all talking together. And I think I might have even color-coded each character so that way it was clearer whose bit we'll be talking next and the character, the uh, voice actors will be ready to say their lines when they needed to. I do know that other shows, many, most other shows, go for a straight movie, TV script format with, you know, the line-centered slug lines and all these different bits of jargon for screenwriting that I don't really know. Uh, That's probably another reason I haven't really got into it, is because I just don't actually know it. And again, as I mentioned before, I feel I don't have to know it. I can write and set up the story how I want to, the episode, and it doesn't matter. No one's telling me how to do it. I can make changes to make it easier for the voice actor recording it, which I've done accordingly, but I've never had to be like, well, I'm submitting this to some fancy you know, publisher or something that has to have this specific format of what they want it to be. Nevertheless, over seasons of Ostium, I feel I've added more and more of the screenwriting element and made it look less like a narrative story I've just written and more like a script for the big screen or TV. Uh, This has come in the way of description, having characters say less stuff but actually voice act it in a way and not give everything away in just explanation and telling but actually showing. I'll have an episode at some point on showing versus telling. And I've added more details in there for sound effects, for sound design, for direction for the voice actors, emotions, things like that. Whereas in regular writing, you know, when you're reading a book, you get the internal monologue of the character, you get to know what they're feeling and thinking and stuff like that. And as Austin has gone on, I've taken more of that out and kind of made the voice actor act it out better and bring more of it into the, the character and the story that way. It's a growth thing like anything you do when you practice it and learn to get better at it. Hang on a bit for the sound to go away. It's that water pump that's over there with the sprinklers going in the fields. Okay, I think that's a bit better. So I feel I've become a much better writer for podcasting, for writing podcasts in this development over time with practice. When I go back to writing short stories and novels, depending on my schedule, writing schedule, um, it's more like, it's just like flipping a switch. I'll automatically switch back to being that narrative fiction writer that I'm used to doing. And now when I go back to writing podcasts, it's kind of a different switch. And I'm in more of a podcast writer mindset in how I approach it. As I said, with um, season six, I feel like I've developed even more, um, using even more tactics and techniques. I have kind of a stronger format where it's clear who's talking 
even if it's kind of narrative, you know, general dialogue or general just, you know, stuff being said that's the narrator sort of thing. Um, it's explaining which character is saying what, who's saying what, just so it's clear. That I've happened a few times before where um, either Chris or Georgia were confused with who was supposed to be recording what because I didn't make it clear. So this is something that, again, is just helping me. It's helping the voice actors, and it's just helping the podcast be better and fit more to the format of the podcast with characters and dialogue and the story going forward. In this season six, I've got these names. I've got way more um, direction, both for the voice actors and then specific direction for sound design and kind of what's going on to give a feel for stuff. Whereas compared to, you know, usual writing, my narrative writing, where I'm describing what a scene looks like, now I can describe that scene in a new way by not having the character explain it, but by actually having sound design that will explain it for the listener. So it's definitely a fun kind of evolution in becoming a podcast writer. And I'm sure as future seasons of Austin continue to come out, because there are going to be many more of them, I'll develop more and more of these techniques and you can kind of see how it all works. Uh, on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Podcast, I put a lot of these extra goodies up there. So you can probably see some of the scripts there and kind of see how they're formatted. Just to give you an idea. So that's how I write a podcast, in a nutshell. If you have uh, questions about it, feel free to email me, ostiumwritingwalks at gmail.com, or hit me up on Twitter at bookbanter. I'll be happy to chat about it. Okay. Good and bad days as a writer. Every writer has them. They don't usually balance out. Sometimes you have way more good days. Sometimes way more bad days in a year. Obviously of late, with the pandemic, I feel a lot of writers have probably been having more bad days. I feel the healthiest thing to approach it with is to understand what you're going through mentally and physically and how you're going to use that to help you with your writing. Sometimes there are bad days where you know you don't want to write and you're just not going to do it. And you can recognize in yourself that even if you make yourself sit down there and force to put some words on the page, it's just not going to work for you. You're going to get distracted and just not want to do it. And it's going to feel actual painful for you in some ways, a minor pain. It's something you just really don't want to do. And so you won't do it. And it's important to realize that and acknowledge, okay, I'm not getting anything done. There's no point to this. I'm just going to stop and do something else. Then there are bad days where you just really don't want to do it. You don't feel like doing it. But you can make yourself do it. You can make yourself write. Make yourself do something, whether it is notes, journaling, something to do with the project you're working on. But you can actually make yourself sit down and do something. And again, those are the days where you have to recognize it in yourself and realize you don't really want to do it. But if you push yourself, you've got this free time to do it. You should do it. What comes out may not be that great, but at least you've sat down and done some writing. 
And those, are, I think, are the important days in a writer's life that they have to recognize and push themselves through. Because those are the ones, I would say, definitely for me, I tend to have more of than days where I don't want to write at all and the totally awesome days where I can't write enough. So that overall you then get more writing done instead of waiting for yourself to be in a good situation and a good position to write and actually doing the writing. I've also found out that this stays pretty true for me at least. Every time I've thought, okay, well I forced myself through that one, it wasn't that great, but I got some writing done and it was probably all crap and I'll probably delete it the next time I open up and change it all. That I'd say nine times out of ten, what I wrote has been way better than I ever thought it was. And I've always had something I can work with, even if it needed some editing and some heavy work. What I had there was still decent and something I could work with. Whereas if I had just said, I really don't feel like doing it all today, and just said no, I wouldn't have anything to work with. The good days come, and they're a lot of fun, and you just can't get enough writing done, and then you want more time to do it, and you want to skip things like hanging out with family, and doing chores, and eating, and all these different things you need to do, and you just want to write. And that, again, is also a balance of, yes, you could do that, but then something else is going to suffer. Possibly your relationship with your family. You can't not eat not feed yourself you can't not do chores not do things that need to get done because then that's going to have a knock-on effect and really put a dampener on your life so like all things it's a balance it's a balance that you learn from with practice and experience and doing it over and over until you find what works for you what way you achieve that balance and how to work through those bad days when you need to and how to make the most of those good days and get them when you can and rearrange your schedule as you can so that you get as many of them as possible. I would like to point out that this is just me for what works really well for me. You as a writer, it may be totally different. So this might work for you. It might not. But this is what I found in my decades of writing now that what works for me. Also rewards. It's good when you do get through a heavy bout of writing and you did make yourself do it. Treat yourself with something. Candy, whatever, you know, something nice. Buy yourself something small, but it does help. The recommendation I had for this day, um, for today, for this episode, um, is actually a book I'm requested and I'm being paid to review, and I thought it sounded kind of cool, and it's turned out to be a really fun read that I'm totally hooked in. So it's this big, massive, like, five or six hundred page heavy hardback called Love and Valor, and it's a collection of letters between um, a husband and wife during the Civil War. 
It's the letters of Captain Jacob and Emmeline Rittner. And it's edited by one of the descendants of Captain Jacob, Charles F. Latimer. And I thought it was going to be kind of fun, kind of interesting, but I've just been totally caught up in these letters and the narrative from these people who have lived, you know, hundreds of years ago, and just their lives, their story, the details of what it was like to live back then, what food was like, what the conditions were like, and you get a wonderful juxtaposition with the husband being out fighting and involved in the Civil War and the conditions he's in with his men, and then you get her perspective being back at home on the farm and living with the kids and doing all that. And the details coming through, small talk of smallpox, vaccines, all these different things that are still common to today. Food, getting colds at winter, all this stuff that just, you know, we have in our everyday lives every year and it has been going on for millennia. What I really liked about it too is that they're both really good writers. He's a teacher, or was a teacher, and they write very well very detailed so it's really fun to just get so much out of, out of these people's lives from these letters that they actually wrote 150 years ago so again that's called love and valor it's a big heavy hardback but it is worth it if you can track it down thanks for listening that'll wrap up this episode i appreciate you coming out here it was another wonderful day hopefully the wind wasn't too bad I enjoyed walking again out in nature with the sound of the birds around me and the wind. If you'd like to support the show, you can do that again on Patreon at patreon.com slash osteumpodcast. I'll be putting up at least a photo or two for on my Instagram from uh, this episode with the cows. Otherwise, thanks again for listening. And I will see you on the 1st of next month for our next Writing Walks.